So uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor talked, uh, preached about standing on the word. And then last week I talked about persevering and the power to persevere. Um, so if you have your Bibles this morning, if you would uh, turn to the book of Philippians chapter 3, where we will find my assignment this morning. Start at verse 1, kind of go through the text a little bit. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I kind of have an idea, but I'm going to kind of do like last week. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit do what it wants to do and work through me how he wants to work through me. And we, if we get to it all, great. If not, I've still got one more week. I've still got to deal with me one more week, and then the pastor comes back. So you're trapped. <laughs> Book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation, for we are the circumcision. Who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh. I more so circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin a Hebrew of Hebrews concerning the law of Pharisee concerning zeal persecuting the churches concerning the righteousness which is in the law blameless and I love verse 7 but what things were gained to me these I have counted loss for Christ. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this word, God. I thank you that you just brought this back to my attention. You brought it back to my memory this morning, God. And Lord, I just I just need you to work through me. Without you, I can do nothing. Without you, Holy Spirit, this word will mean nothing. It'll, I need you to go and penetrate hearts and minds like only you can do. And I just give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' my name I pray. The title of my message this morning is going to be let it go. So, and the funny thing to me is that they call the book of Philippians the happiest book in the Bible. And uh, while the Apostle Paul is writing these letters, he's in chains. He's in prison. I was like, how can you be in prison on house arrest and be so happy and still be writing this word in, in all this. And then if you, if you go in uh, Philippians 4, chapter 4, he tells the people to, uh, chapter 4, verse 4, he says, to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in prison, in chains. How can I do that? And he says, but what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. Paul said, I let it go. I let the things that I thought were for him. I let the things that had been drilled into me, these religious traditions, these, these things, I let it go. And instead of going after these things, I started going after him. 
The word, the word of God says that the, the rituals and religious traditions of man made the word of God with no effect. And Paul said, you want to compare resumes? You want to compare stuff in the flesh? We can compare. But your resume is not going to compare to my resume. This was who I am. I was this. I was that. In verse 9, in verse 8, he says, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered and lost the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. What are we holding on to that is keeping us from taking the next step with him? That is keeping us from really going as far as he wants to take us. The book of Hebrews uh, chapter 12 verse 1 says that now that we are in front of a, such a great cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight of sin that would so easily beset us. So there's things that I'm carrying on me that are keeping me from going as far as I can go with God. Is it because I think I'm too smart to let go? Paul said, I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. He's like, he trained under Gamaliel, which was like the top dude at the Pharisee school. So he had been training since he was a kid. He said, I'd done everything right. I was circumcised on the eighth day. He said, concerning the law, I was zealous about the law. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was a stock of Benjamin. I was all this and I was all that, but it was nothing. And I had to let it go because what I really wanted... These things couldn't go with me. I had to forget who I thought I was and try to walk in and learn how to walk in who he called me to be. Amen. And that's the problem. He tells the, the people in verse 3, he said, beware of dogs and beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. He was talking about the actual, actual physical circumcision. He said... They keep preaching that if you don't get this physical circumcision, that you're not really a Jew. You're not really going to be able to access everything. God said, I'm not talking about a physical. He said, I'm talking about a heart. I want to cut back the flesh of your heart so that I can really get in. We've got to, these people were so stuck in doing it the way that they had been doing it over and over and over and over again. Wash, rinse, and repeat. And they were wondering why. Why don't we ever feel his presence? Why, why, why don't he ever really show up? Because we're holding on to things. They said, I can't be no part of that. If you want my presence, you've got to let it go. Paul, if you really want to go as far as I want to take you, you've got to let it go. And I said, let it go. And then it brought Genesis 13 to my mind. And Genesis 13, Lot and Abraham, they're together, but then their herdsmen start uh, fighting, and the Lord tells Abraham, you've got to separate yourself from Lot. And he was like, tried to go and plead with Lot, like, man, we're kinsmen. I don't want to fight. I don't want to quarrel. I don't want to do any of that. And the Lord said, you got to separate yourself. And so they separate. And Lot, you know, he goes to where he goes to. 
And then the Bible says that as soon as Abraham had separated himself from Lot, God told him to come and look. He said, and everything that you see, I will give you. He told him to go and walk the land in the length and the width. And it was his. He said, and I will make your descendants like dust. But he couldn't see that until he let Lot go. There's places that God wants to take us. There's things and avenues and areas that he wants us to go in. But there are things that we're going to have to let go in order for us to be able to get access and to really get everything that he wants us to have. Sometimes it's our pride. A lot of times it's our pride that we have to let go. I can remember when I was younger and even, even like when I, when I first became an adult, I was so terrified of worshiping publicly, of raising my hand, of, you know, just singing out loud, belting it out loud, how I heart felt because I was so worried Oh, I might miss a key or somebody's going to hear me and, or, you know, somebody's going to pick on me. Somebody's going to think I'm weird. Maybe the, the little girl that I like at church ain't going to like me back because she thinks I'm a weirdo. But eventually, especially when I, when I came here, it told me I got to let that mess go. I got to let it go. Because what we're doing when we're Christians, yes, we do things for other people. We go witness and everything like that. But it's really for him, man. It's for his glory. It's so that we can build his kingdom. Right. It's not for me to build my resume. I'd love to have, you know, a, a, a wonderful resume. I'd love, you know, to have this accolade and that accolade. I didn't go to college for this. I didn't go to a Bible school or anything like that. But when he called me, I was afraid at first. I was scared. I ran, you know, ran for a long time. There was people that thought I might be crazy saying that he called me. You, all the things that you've done, all of, I've seen you in this, you know, this shape and that shape. I, mm -hmm. He's called you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. And some of those people I had to let go. That's right. Friends that I used to have, I had to let go. Mm -hmm. Social media, let it go. Because, like Paul said, he said, I've, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Verse 9, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. The word of God says that our self-righteousness is filthy rags right. in the sight of God. Yes. Paul said, I'm tired of feeling justified by something that men wrote down on paper. Yep. I'm tired of feeling like I'm somebody because somebody else told me I was. I'm somebody because he loves me. Amen. I'm somebody because he came and specifically found me and knocked me off my high horse. And then showed me who he really was. And who I thought he was. Who had been drilled into my head that I thought he was. I had to let it go. I always knew in my heart of hearts. 
that God loved me. I always knew in my heart of heart that Jesus loved me. Yeah. I knew that he died. I knew that he, he, he did everything that he, that he did so that I could have salvation. But when I was younger, and then even in my teen years, that wasn't always preached. I felt like I had to be perfect all the time. If I made one little simple teeny tiny mistake, then God was ready to strike me down and punish me. He was going to beat me over and over and over again until I, till I got in line. There's a long time. But I don't want nothing to do with God. I don't want nothing to do with church. I don't want you to talk about it around me. Not because, like, I, you know, I, not because of any any weird, like, I didn't believe anymore. Like, I still believed in God. But it's like, I don't want to hear it because I'm going through this situation right here. I'm going through all these things. And if we, he's supposed to be so good. Where's he at? And then I went through the things that ended up bringing me to Georgia. And I went and uh, started going to a little small church when I first got here. And I met a young pastor. He actually officiated part of our wedding. But he began to show me God, Jesus in a different life. That he really did care for me. And I had to start letting go of some of my old ideology. I had to start letting go of, well, I can't talk to this person because I'm a Christian. I had to let go of my biases. I had to let walls that I had put up be knocked down. Yes. Because when we put religion on it, we just start building a wall between us and God. He said, I didn't come for religion. I didn't come for you to get together, quote a Bible verse, and everybody go home. He said, I came for relationships. Paul said in verse 10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. He said all this other stuff man because pre-Jesus Paul had a wonderful life. He was well respected. He had the backing of the priest. They were the ones that were signing, uh, giving him the authority and putting the seal so he could go and arrest Christians or anybody. They weren't, they weren't called Christians at that time. They were part of the way, I believe, is, is what it was called. So, you know, followers of Jesus, anybody preaching Jesus, he was going and arresting them and consenting to them being killed. And he was untouchable. Or so he thought. Yeah, these Pharisees... And these Sadducees and all these leaders, yeah, they wouldn't touch you, mainly because you were doing their bidding and beat, probably because they were afraid of you. You know, he's like, I was trained the best. I had all this. But then somebody touched me. Somebody came down and touched me. Somebody came down and there was nothing that a law could do to keep them from touching me. There was nothing that me in my own way could do. To keep them from touching me. Because when God or Jesus wants to get your attention. He will. He will get your attention. Yes. For me it was. Things that I had gotten away with. Over and over and over again. Finally. Having to stare those things right down. Look around right in the face. And I'm like oh I got to let this go. 
I gotta let this life go. I gotta let these things go. I've gotta let my, you know, what makes my body and my mind, you know, feel I gotta let that go. Yeah. Because it's not about me feeling good all the time. You think he felt physically good being locked up and changed? You think he felt good being on house arrest, not being able to go and come as he complete pleases? We have these because these were letters that he was writing and sending back and forth. He couldn't physically go. But he says, rejoice in the Lord. He said, I've let it go, man. I've let the need to be in the spotlight go. I've let the need for people to recognize me go. I've let it go. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold, laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. We got to let go of things, man. We got to let go. Well, when I was 12, I wanted a Barbie and my mama didn't get me a Barbie. Now yeah. I'm 45 and I'm still holding on to something that happened when I was 12. Or they didn't show me this, so um, it was their responsibility. You're 60. Yeah. That's right. you still mad you didn't know? Let it go. Yes, preach it. Stop yeah. looking back, man. The only there's only one reason to look back and to see how that's to see how far you've come. Yes. And see how far God has brought yes. you. Yes, hallelujah. Yes. In Hebrews, he's telling the Hebrews, he's like, remember those old days before you had him. Remember those. See where you're at now. That's right. And Paul said, man, yeah, he knocked me off my high horse. He blinded me. And I've been through some things up to this point. He said, but I would never grab hold of those old things again. If God is had us let it go. It's for a reason, man. Just like with Abraham, he, he had to separate himself from Lot so that God could take him where he wanted him to go and give him everything he wanted to give him. And you know, eventually, he brought him and Lot back together, spared Lot's life because of Abraham. Then in, in Genesis 22, he showed him that he was faithful. Even though he called him, hey, go take your son to the top of the mountain and sacrifice him. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because he did it willingly. And I, and I love that part where his son looks at him and says, Daddy, I see the knife. I see the wood and I see the fire. Mm -hmm. But where is the sacrifice? And this is how you can call Abraham the father of faith. Because he hadn't even seen the ram in the thicket yet. But as they're going up the mountain, he said, don't worry, son. The Lord will provide a sacrifice for himself. He's like, I'm letting go. Because I've seen him do so much for me already. You're right. I've seen him do so much for me already. I've seen him be faithful to me already. That's right. Amen. Talk about God called him friend. Called Abraham friend. He was a friend. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, in in, in uh, 
chapter 13, it says he was in, in Mamre, which was in Hebron. And uh, Mamre means to strengthen, and Hebron means the friend. And I was like, okay, God. God was already trying to tell him, I'm going to strengthen you, and I'm going to be your friend just by where I have you at. But you've got to let things go. We've got to let things go. If we really want to go as far as Jesus wants to take us, as far as God wants us to take us, I don't just mean like in, in our ministry. I mean in our walk with Him. Yes. Track runners, whenever they're training for meets, they usually put like ankle weights on. Mm-hmm. They put things to kind of weigh them down, to, to strengthen their legs, so that when it's time for the race, they don't run with those weights on their on their feet. They don't run with the lead leaded vest on it. So sometimes we go through things, and God is testing us, and He's training us. Um, yes. In, ver- in, in verse twelve, it says, uh, uh, "I'm sorry." Hebrews twelve, when it says, "To cast off every weight of sin that would so easily beset us and keep us from running the race." So sometimes God's like, there's a race I have for you to run, but I need you to go through this, and I need you to go through that. Yeah. But when it's time to run the race, you've got to let it go, man. You've got to let those things go. When it's time to, it's, we, uh, when pastor's in Thailand, his favorite saying is, let's roll. So we've got to let go so we can go. So we can go where he wants us to go. Mm-hmm. And realize that it's not about me, man. He said that. He said, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I wrote this thought down. I said, are we still running the race? Or are we just jogging in place, content with comfort and complacency? Mm-hmm. Have we got so comfortable where we're at with him? And so confident in ourselves that we're just jogging in place. We're just doing just enough to still kind of be a Christian. Maybe we've picked up some things we shouldn't have picked back up. Maybe we've laid hold to some things that he's calling us to let go. Do we want to really know him on a deeper level? Paul said, he's like, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. Everything that he has, I want to know. Or are we okay with a superficial Sunday morning salvation? Are we okay with just coming here? And if we find out Pastor Stacy's not going to be here, then we'll just wait till he comes back. Or we might be somebody, you know, coming in. Just get a little word and I'll be okay. Just do what I want to do. I'm going to still hold on to things that, and then Sunday I'm going to just come back and you're just going to touch me and give me a little Jesus juice and I'm going to get a little goose bump and I'll be okay for the week. Uh-uh. But do we really want to go deeper than him? Do we want to know him on a deeper level? Yes, he said he presses on for the high. The, it says, this says the upward call, but I, I think King James says the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If we want to go higher, we got to let go. Mm. You know, a hot air balloon. They have sandbags holding it down. Mm-hmm. And in order for it to go up, they have to start throwing them off, throwing them off. Or it's tied down and they've got to cut it so it can go up. If we want to go higher, man, 
There's some baggage that we have to let go of. There's some ways of thinking we have to let go of. There's some things that we think we know and we think because we're smart and we did this and we did that, but that can't go with us, God said. I need you to empty yourself of what you think you know, of who, what you think you know about me. That's right. So that I can take you and I can show you who I really am. Mm-hmm. Bible it says that, um, that we worship God in spirit, that we rejoice in Christ, and that we have no confidence in the flesh. Yeah. That's how we let go, man. Get out of ourselves. Worship God in spirit. And, and John 4, the woman comes and said, you know, you're a Jew, and <clears throat> uh, you say we have to worship on the mountain, and we, or you say you only worship in Jerusalem, and we say you got to worship on the mountain, and, God, and Jesus said to her, he's like, there's coming a day, he's like, and it even is now, that you'll neither worship in Jerusalem or you'll worship or worship on the mountain. He said, us Jews, we worship what we know. You worship what you don't know. He said that God is looking for a worshiper, seeking someone that will worship him in spirit and in truth. So what does that mean? I've got to let go of what I think. I've got to let go of what I feel. And I've just got to really worship him out loud to rejoice in Christ. In Philippians 4, he said, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. So that's how we let go. I, 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 rejoicing is a choice, by the way. Yes, it's amen. a choice, man. Yes. Like, yes. there's times where it's like, I have no good reason to have a smile on my face this morning. I have no good. Paul had no good reason to be writing these letters because he could just just have been chilling. He could have just been hanging out and like, all right, Lord, just, you know, I'm good. I'm saved. I know, I know I'm going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, just go ahead and, you know, let me go. Mm-hmm. And he's telling them all the time. He's like, I'm in change for Christ. He said, but it's better for you. He's like, you know, he's like, if I die, you know, to live as Christ to die as gain. He said, but it's for your benefit that I haven't died yet. He realized that he's like, it ain't about me. It ain't about me. Constantly telling the people, he said, I've just given to you what God, what God gave to me That's is right. what I'm giving to you. I'm not yes. putting myself on it. I'm letting go of all these things that have been taught to me. I'm letting go of what they tried to drill in me. I'm letting go of what society says is acceptable. I'm letting go of yes. that because I cannot do it on my own. I can't do it from that well anymore. That is a well that will run dry. That is a well that will run empty. But if I do it from him and with him, he said, that uh, he told the woman at, at the well, he said, if you drink from this water, you'll never thirst again. That's so right. if we preach from a, a let it go stance and let God do what he wants to do, we'll never run dry. That's right. Yeah. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul tells Timothy, he said, even now I'm being poured out as a drink offering. He said, but it's okay. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have run the race. And now for me is laid up in heaven a crown of righteousness. So I ask this. Are we fighting the good fight of faith? Or are we just going through the motions? Are we just going through the... Because we can say, well, I worship. Well, yeah. Do you just worship on Sunday? Do you just come through here? You sing the three or four songs with us that we sing. You do the two-minute drill, and that's the only 22 minutes a week that you worship. Mm-hmm. Or do you have find time to let it go in the half?
house or let it go and just give him everything. Jesus said, come to me. You're not supposed to carry these things. You're not supposed to hold on to these things. He said, take my yoke. Take my burden. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We hold on to so many things yeah. that were never really ours to hold on to in the first place. That's right. Sometimes we choose to hold on to these things. Mm-hmm. And just as easily as we chose it, we should be able to choose to let it go. Yeah. I can't because I like the way it makes me feel. Or I like the way people think about me. That's it. I don't care. If it's going to keep me from getting to know him and know his righteousness and know everything about him, I've got to let it go. If it costs me friends, it does. If it costs me relationships, God, God will provide. That's right. Amen. God will put the right people in my path. When I think about not letting go, I think about the rich ruler who came to him and said, how can I get to heaven, Jesus? He said, I've done this. I've kept all the commandments. I was, you know, baptized, all this. What can I do? He told him, he said, go sell all your stuff and come and follow me. And it said the man dropped his head, sat and walked away. Are we more attached to the things of this world than we are to who he is? I mean, I wouldn't want to go back and to the days when I didn't have a car and had to walk everywhere, you know, like that's a little extreme, Lord. But I mean, if it meant going further with him, I just have to let it go. That's right. If it meant going deeper with him, I had to let it go. Some things are just instilled in us from a young age, man. And that's the hard part. Yeah. Let go of things that we've been taught. Let go of things that we've seen over and over and over again. Things that have been normalized that, you know, we were, when we were on the way yesterday, I was, we were listening to to a song and normally listening to that song would not bother me because I'm normally by myself and I'm a grown adult and, but we had the boys in the car and like, got through like the first verse and the chorus Mm -hmm. and Got about halfway through the second verse, and like I was like, I gotta turn this. Yep. I was like, I don't want them to think that this is normal. That you know, and if it means changing habits so that they don't have to go through things that I have to go through, that they don't have to face the same struggles that I've had to face, that I still face at times, I let it go, man. Anything that's gonna keep me from walking with him and going deeper with him, anything that's going to keep me from having complete access. Because the Bible says that the veil was torn. But when I don't let go, I put up my own veil between me and him. When I don't let go, I put up, build up walls. I put my own fears and hold on to them. Instead of just and when I, when I say let go, don't mean like, yes, I acknowledge that it's here. But letting go means I'm going to choose to look ahead. That's right. 
I'm going to choose to see it the way that you see it. Yes. Hebrews chapter 11 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And Sophie hit it, the nail right on the head this morning when she was talking about, we got to see it like it's already happened. Yes. That's how I can let go. Because I can already see what he's doing on the other side. You might not be able to, but in my mind, I can see it. And he's writing it on my heart, and I'm believing it. It's, it's, it's so crazy that when we're willing to let go, you see how quick the transformation of Paul was. He was blind for three days, got his sight back, got saved for real, for real. And it said, saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and was preaching in the synagogue. Because he said, you are not who they told me you were. And I like this version of you a lot better than that. And people were, at first were terrified of him. We know who you are. No, 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 no. You know who I was. But I've let that go. And that's what I had to tell some people. He's called me. Man, you were this, this, and Yeah, that's who I was. That's right. That's right. But I let it go, you know why? Because he let me off the hook. Amen. That's right, amen. There were still some things, yeah. Was there still some stuff I had to face? Yeah. Was there still some troubles I had to go through? Was there still some restitutions and stuff like that I had to pay? Yeah. Yes. But for the most part... You could go look it up and you might find one thing. But the rest of it is like it didn't exist. Because when I let it go and I grabbed on to him, I said, take me all the way. That's what Paul said, take me all the way. If I gotta go through it, I gotta go through it. But if it means that I can go through it and I'm with you, I'm willing to let it go. Amen. Mm. He said for us to have no confidence in the flesh. That's right. The Bible says that there's therefore no condemnation for those who walk after the Spirit. When we put confidence in our flesh, we're opening up ourselves to condemnation. We're opening up ourselves to shame. We're opening up ourselves to fear, to anxiety. I put my trust and I put my confidence in him. I've let go of trust in myself because I know I about can't trust my own self. Because I'll say, oh, well, I ain't going to do that. And then the, <laughs> in the very next step, I'll be doing exactly what I said I wasn't going to do. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So I know I have to put my trust in him. Amen. And I have to let go of things. Friends, yes. Family members I've had to let go of. Yes. But it's like, God, you'll bring them back. I know you will. Yes. And if you don't, it might hurt for a minute. But not being able, able to walk with you and not being able to have access to you would hurt so much more. Yes. So we, we stand on the word. Like Pastor preached. We persevere like our priest last week. And then in the middle of the persevering, we got to let it go, man. Yeah. It's going to hurt sometimes. It's not always going to be fun. It might be lonely sometimes. 
in the natural, but he's always with us. But I want to run the race that he has set for me. I can't run your race for you. You can't run my race for me. I can't let go of things for you. You can't let go go of things for me. We have to make the conscious choice to God. I'm going all in with you. Just like Peter, whenever they came and they had the great catch, and he he fell down at the feet of Jesus and was like, "Get away from me! I'm a sinful man." He said, "I won't teach you how to be a fisher of men." And he said he left it all behind. He let it all go. His ships, his livelihood, he let it all go and said, all right, I'm going to follow you. And we know Peter. Most of us want to be Paul, but more of us are Peter. Let's keep it real. We say things we shouldn't say, do stuff we shouldn't do, have a temper, you know. But we recognize who he is. We recognize who he is. And I love him enough that I'm willing to let my temper go. I love him enough I'm willing to let my pride go. I love him enough that I'm willing to knock down my biases and my, my stinking thinking. Because I don't want anything between him and me. I don't want anything to separate me. Paul said that nothing could separate us from his love. And I believe that. But I believe that, are, that, are, that are, there are things that we can do. And there are things that we can hold on to that will separate us from being able to feel his presence. Being able to be in his presence. We have to let it go. It's not always fun. And I, that's the thing. It's not always have to be fun. Man. It doesn't always have to be enjoyable. Sometimes like, I just need a minute to rest. Sometimes I just need to be able to rest in Him. And sometimes we don't, we don't even have that opportunity because we don't let things go. Paul said, I'm running my race. So all these things, this resume, all this stuff, I'm letting it go. Because I want everything that he has for me. Amen. 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 <clears throat> if you're watching this uh, by media today or later on this week, God has so much he wants to do for you. He has so much that he wants to give you. But there are things in our life that we have to let go of, that we can't hold on to anymore, and we have to let it go so that we can follow him. And we do that by having faith in him, having trust in him, by worshiping him, and taking our trust out of ourselves and putting it all in him. He loves you. He wants nothing but the best for you. And sometimes when we go through that pruning process, it's not always fun. But I promise you, when he cuts it back, it grows even bigger. It grows yeah. even bigger because he is a God who takes very, very good care of us. We thank you for tuning in. We thank you for joining us. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Be blessed and have a blessed week. Amen. Amen. Amen.